When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. We are back for spooky season, as we always are, with Mike Flanagan's new little haunt, The Midnight Club. Also, how dare he, after Midnight Mass, do Midnight Club? How many times <laughs> are we going to flub that? Just yeah, saying. right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to cover the first two episodes. Episode one, titled The Final Chapter. Episode two, titled The Two Danas. First, we had Hill House. Then we had Bly Manor. Then we had the entire creepy fucking island from Midnight Mass. And now we have Brightcliff, which I also want to call Breakbills. (laughs) (laughs) What's that from, Kathleen? That's from The Magicians, which we also cover, everybody. We do. Um, but welcome Jimmy back. He's been gone for what seems like all of time from his mm-hmm. wedding. Yeah, so I haven't, I haven't podcasted Jimmy. in like six weeks, probably. He's gonna Feels good to be back. It's Mr. Jimmy now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone listening, if you'd rather watch us, go check us out on YouTube. You know, we mm-hmm. we're, we're not bad looking. We're really not. <laughs> all right. Before Need we jump haircut. in, I have two things. One, I want to shout out the Newton brothers for some more sick, sexy, haunting music. And mm-hmm. number two, I want to ask the crowd, who is your favorite character and why is it Anya? <laughs> and do we agree uh, with that? Actually? We're going to just go for it right away, huh? I wanted to, I was going to save characters for the end. But if you if you are asking the group, I'll start. Yeah, um, so what I want to say first is like, I love Mike Flanagan so much. He single-handedly has gotten me into this genre and I almost don't even want to watch anything in this genre that's not made by him because yep. I just expect such high quality, um, just amazing writing and like, oh, and it's just so interesting how he uses horror as like the backdrop to tell these crazy, creepy stories. Um, so I love Flanagan. Just, I was so ready to jump into another type of show like this. Cause it's been a while. It's been since midnight mass last year. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. agree, Kathleen, I can't believe he named this midnight club too. I even named our group <laughs> chat midnight mass and nobody said anything for a freaking day. I was like, what the hell? Um, but anyway, back to the show. Uh, first thing I want to say is that I think I like every single character, like every mm-hmm. single person in the midnight club is likable in their own way. Um, I was thinking as I was watching the episode, Who's my favorite character? I was jumping back and forth between people. And I think what I'm settled on after two episodes is I'm a Kevin guy. I okay. Don't... Okay, cool. So it doesn't seem like that's like a yeah, super no, I like Kevin. <laughs> Anya was someone that I knew someone was going to pick. And I couldn't decide if she's like the best or just like the most entertaining. 
you know? So sure. right now, just I'll explain it as we're going through the episode, but I'm, I'm a Kevin guy and Anesh is a close second, but he doesn't have enough screen time for me to really pick him. Sure. And then of course, you know, QB one, let's go. QB one, yeah, baby. Anesh has the video game. He hooked me up yeah. because the first, like maybe what half hour I'm going, okay. I know it's not present day and I know it's back in the day. I'm trying to figure out time periods here. And then he says, PlayStation's about to come out in September. And I was like, all right. So then mm-hmm. I looked that up. And I mean, he talk, they talk about Radiohead and stuff like that. So we know we're early 90s here. Um, just for the record, they opened the title saying Sacramento in 1994. <laughs> wow, that's hilarious. Is it <laughs> on the top or the notes? bottom? <laughs> it was like right the first screen before you see mm-hmm. Alonka like dyeing her hair in the tub. I'm Sacramento, a rusty ass podcaster. Was it? Well, the one thing I do want to say, though, actually, is we're patting ourselves on the back here. We have screeners from Netflix. So obviously there's a watermark at the top and it's a big one saying, you know, property of Netflix and our email and this and that. So it covers a good amount of the top of the screen. And then the episode starts, for me, at least with the subtitles at the top, too. So it was covering a lot at first, and then it goes to the bottom, and it was all good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I um I, I don't want to diss myself here, but I was actually having to watch on my phone because I'm in a new house and I'm trying to figure out how to. I don't have a TV <laughs> yet, and this and that, so I'm watching on a little teeny phone. So yeah, I guess I missed that, but I like to figure it out in my own way what the time <laughs> period is. Dude, right there with you, Jimmy. I don't know how the hell it happened, but I'm like taking notes. I'm like, they're using a cord phone. So <laughs> we know like by the make of the car model, you know, it's got to be early. And then Dude, she gets it's on the just computer. so much better to do it that way. It's yeah. so much better to do it that way. <laughs> That's yeah. real detective work. Um, but real quick, I'll just say. I was going to say, if not Anya, Kevin was my other guy. It's, great, bot, to, dude. it's great to see Warren <laughs> from Midnight Mass back. You know, that actor is back playing. So um, mm-hmm. it, a few other, you know, familiar faces. We'll get, we'll get to them when we get to them. But like mm-hmm, you're saying, mm-hmm. yeah, QB1 looks so weird with the, you know, not buzzed head now. It's, it's just from Midnight Mass. Yeah. And he's actually happy and like smiling instead of. Right. Well, he, he started he started Midnight Mass with regular hair and then he comes back from jail prison yeah. with the buzz cut. Right. Yeah. Because so, of Robin Sparkles. Right. Robin Sparkles <laughs> tears him up. But it's uh, I think uh, we were we were talking about Zach Guilford, who's we keep saying QB one for all the fans of Friday Night Lights. That's Zach Guilford, Matt Saracen. He's playing the nurse practitioner in the hospice and. In Midnight Mass, we were saying how he kind of seems like he's the same character, or at least acts the same way in every show he's in. And he does seem like the overly nice guy in this as well. But I do think he's not fully Saracen so far in the first two episodes. He doesn't seem like the the shy, like, you know, like he just... I, he, Kathleen, you were saying you've seen him in other things. I've really only seen him in Friday Night Lights and Midnight Mass. And to me, like, they were very, very, very similar. I did get a little bit of a different vibe from this one. I totally agree, Jimmy. I've only been exposed to him through those two shows as well. And I thought that was like the charm of his acting was a little bit socially awkward. And I was floored by him being normal in this. Yeah, like yeah, he actually yeah. was like the way he spoke. He, uh, it was a different person. And I'm right, happy that right. he didn't kind of lean into the same type of character because he seems like he's going to be a really good guy which means something really bad's probably going <laughs> to yeah. happen to him. So. Or he's going to turn to be really bad yeah. and we didn't yes, know it. Yes, that too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, ready to jump in? Let's so do I it. have this in buckets and the bucket number 1 is called This Fucking Blows. I'm sorry, Alanka, pre-Brightcliff. Okay? 
So yeah. we begin our journey in Sacramento, 1994. <laughs> Dude, I totally knew that. <laughs> um, we get our main character, Alonka. She's writing her salutatorian speech. Basically, Alonka's this like super sweet, super charming nerd. One of this like type of character who worked really hard their whole life and never really got to party. And now they're eventually going to like go out and party. Um, then we get introduced to her uh, stepdad or foster dad, Tim, yep. who I'm mm-hmm. going to affectionately call Hopper moving forward. Because <laughs> he literally is Hopper from Stranger Things. Um, but they also name drop a Maggie. We didn't get right. exactly who that was. Seems like maybe a foster mom who passed. What'd you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. I, I took it fully as his wife and, you know, she calls him Tim. So, mm-hmm. you know, she would call her Maggie, not mom and dad, I guess. So yeah. I, I definitely took it like that. I wonder if we're going to get any backstory there because, you know, Flanagan likes to plant seeds and then expand upon them later. So maybe we'll find out. But I well, just thought it was her mom or foster mom. Either one. Yeah. I mean, it looks like when she puts the pictures on her shelf that the mom was wearing like a scarf on her head at, at one picture. And I it might not even be Maggie and, and it might just be me trying to look into things. But maybe it was that her mom also had a situation with cancer or something. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're looking at you know, a premature death for, you know, her foster mother because the father, Tim, is young as well. So mm-hmm. we'll get some more, I have, I believe. Hopper, yes. Let's get this on on the board here. So we're going to call Tim Hopper. I'm calling Kevin Kevbot. That's just how I do it. That's how I roll. <laughs> little little uh, hot rod for you, Andy Sandberg. <laughs> I have a bunch one. more nicknames too. QB1. Like, QB1's yeah. good, yeah. Or I was going to call him Marky Mark, but that's fine. Um <laughs> All right. So now moving forward, we're at this college party. Her and her friend goes another classic move in one of these. Um, She meets this guy. They're talking about literature and then she starts coughing up blood, of course. So brutal, brutal for our girl. Um, She goes home. She starts Googling the shit out of Brightcliffe as or out of out of wait, I might have jumped to something. Well, yeah, you find that it shows it jumps to the to the diagnosis. But yeah, I'll jump in really quick. So. You know, we have her coughing up blood and immediately I'm just wondering, just thinking about the premise of this show, it's like this is going to be dark. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. thinking it's going to is it going to be too dark? And when I say dark, I mean, like depressing, sad, just because you're dealing with your main characters, knowing that they're going to be dying at the end. Um, You know, obviously, you know, they're, they're going to be in a hospice situation. So. I was wondering if it was going to be like too dark or too sad to like enjoy, but totally wrong already. Two episodes in totally wrong. It's been a lot of fun so far. So the coughing blood thing turns into that first, the first time we get the vision. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's not a much, there's not much you can really take from the vision. There's like this Reaper character with the hood. That's going to be important. I'm sure. But what I wanted to bring up is what this means is that whatever the mystery and the curse is around, uh, what's it called again? Bright life. Bright cliff. Isn't tied. Bright Bright cliff. A bright cliff. Where the hell did I get bright life from? (laughs) Probably (laughs) autocorrected. Whatever it is that's going to be like a curse or the shadow thing, it's not exclusively tied to the actual hospice because this happens at the college party. And that's just something I wanted to like put out there. It's not going to be something tied to the cult that used to own the the ground it might be bringing her to the hospice it might be guiding her to the hospice gave her a flash of breakliff she She sees sees it breakliff for a second so that's why later after so after the diagnosis she has papillary thyroid carcinoma 
Um, she speedily gets like they're like, we'll see how it goes. And then it speedily gets to like uh, she, she obviously went through chemo. They give her maybe a year. It's terminal. And when she's like, like researching up a storm, she gets another kind of flash when she sees Brightcliff. She remembers that even though she's ne- never right. seen it before. So it's like one of those things. It's like another one, like kind of jump scare type deal when she's researching. And then when you get the flash, you also see people around the table that she ends up finding out as the Midnight Club. So, you know, it is definitely there. We'll talk about a lot because there's going to be Anya seeing flashes. There's going to be Anya's story being a little confusing because that's kind of fabricated slash also probably part of her backstory. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, it seems like the devil that she's talking about is appearing the same way that they're seeing flashes or they're seeing like the flashes of the bad guy or whatever it is. So we'll get into it. Yeah. And there's a, honestly, this whole researching scene on the internet while she's at the hospital does drop us a lot of little clues. Um, like we said, this is where she first hears about Brightcliff. Um, also she learns about Julia Jane, right? Mm-hmm. That was her name. AJ. She, yeah, AJ, she, baby. Uh, sees that article and that's kind of what really gives her hope to go to Brightcliff and kind of get cured. And just to go to the visions part, there was like, like Luke said, the main Reaper figure at the head of the table with the hood. We see that quite often. And then we keep getting this older lady. And then we got one quick shot of this, of this old guy with overalls but he had like a shirt and tie he looked like a shoe shiner so like <laughs> i i don't know where he's gonna come into play but of course we got the the big bench next to the cliff that, yeah is that why they call it bright cliff could be because <laughs> a giant cliff there totally so yeah be. we get that we get that bench a lot too and um we'll, we'll get to it when we meet kevin but he kind of looks like kevin and he looks like he's wearing the same stuff so i mean speaking of kevin let's bring Kev bot in or whatever Kev the hell Jimmy, Jimmy called him. So Hopper takes Alonka <laughs> to Brightcliff against his will. Basically, he doesn't want to do it. Of course, who would want to like send your daughter off for her last year into a hospice away from you? Um, but when they get there, they she beelines it straight to that bench on the hill. And her and Kevin act like they know each other. They, they seem familiar, which is mm-hmm. interesting because the place itself felt familiar to her, even though she's never been. So did you guys do you guys have any theories around this or no? It's just kind of like the vibe from the house. Without jumping too far ahead, um, but episode two, we do get Anya kind of having these like flashes and visions too a little bit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like after seeing that, you think like, okay, is, is Kevin having it too? But nobody's really saying anything to each other about it because they think they're all, you know, going crazy from their meds and, and just dying. Um, so I would like to think that Kevin thinks that he knows Alonka or that she's at least similar because he's having the same fish, uh, similar flashes. Yeah. They have that situation where they both say, I think I know you. And she says, I'm from, I'm from Sacramento. And he says, I've never been there. That's weird. And she obviously says deja vu when she sees the place and everything like that. Um, I'm going to be under the impression for now that they're all seeing the same flashes. They're all seeing the same things and they're just chalking it up to their medication or something like that. We got proof for Anya. I'm not sure if we got any proof for anybody else yet. I know that they do talk about some creepiness to the hospice at certain times. They talk about the elevator going up and down by itself, but we also found out that 
That's also Anya going to the midnight club in the middle of the night. She uses the elevator, things like that. I was going to say, like, is it something similar to how Haunting and Phil House was where we have our girl uh, Nell coming back to the house like the house is calling to her? Like, did did this hospice place call to these kids to bring them to the place? You know, it seems like from their explanation when Kev Bot talks to our girl, he says like, oh, you're not here by chance. Like you looked it up yourself. So it might it seems like they're all the rest of them are here by some kind of chance. You know, they even say that um, I don't have the girl's name offhand, but the one that has all the stories and the the rich parents and everything. They're like, why sure. is she here? She has she could be at the most expensive hospice that ever existed. We know that the grandma or the nanny, I'm sorry, popped up and dropped her off in a Mercedes or whatever they said. And that part of the story is true that she probably has a lot of money. So how the heck did she end up there? Things like that. So I'm I'm wondering if it is going to be something like the the it's getting called to, I mean, there's gotta be something to the cult thing. I mean, I just feel like the, why would you bring it up unless you're just trying to like creep us out as part of a ghost story? Be red well, herring the, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. The cult compound knowledge kind of gets dropped right around here because Mark's going through and giving the tour right after the Kevin scene. And we get that information and I'm all about it. The cult seems like such a fun take because I don't think that Flanagan's really explored this sort of horror yet. And it's very also, Paul, Sandman-esque with the whole cult. Yeah. So that's just stuck in my head right now. Um, I'm very interested in that. But does this mean that like just the Midnight Club is being pulled in by this shadow spirit thing and and like they're all being pulled for a purpose? Or is this something that's been because they because Kevin says, I've heard this story about the shadow chasing people three or four different times because it's probably true where people that are here all experiencing this this right haunting but does that mean like all of the people in the past have been pulled there for a purpose is it like the cult just the cult ghost is just feeding it these are like the kind of question yeah. yeah so it's yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm i mean I'm curious where it goes how what connects everybody besides just terminal illness i guess yeah, jumping ahead a little bit, Luke, in episode two, we do get the the scene where the old lady shows up again, the scary old lady, and she says, I'm so hungry, I'm starving. Maybe she mm-hmm. feeds off every death, and maybe there hasn't been a death in a while. But we know that there was one that like um, that the main character replaced, and Rachel. that must have been recent enough. And we, But we do know her, too, the one who died was saying like you said luke she was saying that there was somebody chasing her and she was you know some you know she felt like it was real like something grabbing at her and so i mm-hmm. i do think that fully everybody in at least the hospice situation the terminal kids are seeing it i'm not sure if qb1 or the doctor see these people or these ghosts i, I guess we'll get more to that later but for now they're I'm, in the cult I'm, yeah, they could be. I mean, we know that the doctor, when she talks to the doctor about Julia and the cult, she said Paragon, she gets sketchy. Yeah, oh, definitely. Okay. She is. So, yeah. Textbook, just evil. <laughs> she's yeah. bad guy number one, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. Sure. yeah. Without a doubt, she knows something that she's not letting on. So um, she sacrificed her own son to that starving ghost. You right. know she you was know in it. the cult. Yeah, she yeah. was in the cult. You know it. So just to meet her, we actually have. Uh, Alanka look down the hallway. She sees that same old ghost lady passes out, wakes up um, with Tim next to her bedside. And then actually the doctor in the room. And this is where we kind of get her first introduction. Um, Just to jump back where we did have Mark introduce uh, Alanka and Tim to the whole building. 
he did have a line, and this is me, you know, tinfoil hat, you know me. So montage of them driving in. They had like a bridge next to the beach. And then Mark is like, oh, how's the drive? And Tim's like, oh, it was good. And uh, NP is like, oh, yeah, it can be a little dodgy at times. And I'm like, all right. What's dodgy Tim, about it, dude? Tim Ghost? said he's staying away in the Motel 6 in case, you know, Alonka ever wants to call or anything. I am already assuming she calls, something happens. He, he tries to there. drive there and he can't get there. Okay. Maybe the, maybe the bridge gets washed out. That's a good like foreshadow. I, I, um, I, I feel like there's definitely going to be a scene where she's calling him saying help and he's just like, yeah. I can't get there. Yeah, yeah I, feel, I feel you there. This is a... Uh, is definitely bullshit. So I don't even know who Mark is, though. I don't even know who you're talking about. Mark but, is QB. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I, okay. I want you to call oh, yeah, QB. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay, so um, we're meeting Stanton, who is obviously, like we said, enemy number one. She's such a sketchbag. But at this point, she's winning Hopper over, right, Tim? Mm-hmm. She's winning him over with um, the relatability of she had a son that had passed as well. She wouldn't know how to talk to parents or to the kids without having one having had a son who d- died of cancer herself. And I like this conversation she has about like everyone's talking about battle, battle, battle. Like it's so true. I, I love these stories for like the scariness and the plot, but this one is super interesting and unique because of the setting like this. Just mm-hmm. talk about the hospice. Like we're about to meet all these kids who know they're going to die. That's such an interesting place to be in and they can act however the fuck they want to act. And it's sad, but they're still so funny and goofy. I love the setting. It's going to be really sad, but I also read an article today that this is based off of a book called Mm -hmm, the midnight mm -hmm. club. And from the synopsis I got, I assume that Mike maybe added the scary stuff. seemed like they just meet at midnight to tell stories. Right. Right. It's kind of like the calls coming from inside of the house, right? Like they're all dying because, not because someone's killing them or a ghost or something, but because they're sick. Like right, it's so right. interesting in that sense. So these people, mm-hmm. like Jimmy said, are going to get picked off one by one, maybe because of scary stuff or maybe because they just are sick, which is really interesting. But yeah, anyway, I just, I like Stanton's character. I can't wait till she's just like pure evil. Yeah. And Flanagan does this a lot in his shows, which is great. He has really serious like you know almost not hypothetical but but really serious real life monologues almost that happen a lot in uh, midnight mass and here he's talking about cancer um and just saying you know this is permission to leave the battlefield it's not in terms of fight so mm-hmm. i just like when flanagan puts you know real world maybe philosophical things in there for you to think about yeah and the cool thing about a lot of flanagan's work hill house um, even Blind Manor, Turn of the Screw, it was called, right? Um, you know, we have source material, but he puts his own story into it because I don't know. I've never read a lot of these stories. And like you, Kathleen, I read the synopsis of uh, The Midnight Club. I, I keep wanting to say Midnight Mass, but hmm. The Midnight Club. And it seems like he may have added the whole somebody got cured mystery into it because the synopsis seems like it's like you were saying, Kathleen, I think it's five in the book, five kids meet at night. And it's not even like you said, scary stories. They're actually trying to like tell funny or nice or enlightening or crazy stories to just distract themselves. And 
you know, he added it. So it's more scary. And, you know, the stories, I think at the same time in the books too, the stories tell you a little bit about the characters, but um, that's going to be very interesting. We already got that with Anya, but, you know, adding the mystery to how someone got cured, that's his own twist. And obviously any of our listeners who have read the book, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he did add that twist so that there's a little bit more of a mystery. And like you said, guys, he's making it scarier. Yeah. And it's crazy if that's true, because that's the most thing. That's the thing I'm most interested in. It's like the, right, cure and the, right. and the mystery about Julia Jane. So he's a genius. Definitely. I always trust him. And it's probably not going to we're not going to find out until literally the last 15 minutes of the mm-hmm. of the series. But I wanted to say that uh, Georgina Stanton, Dr. Georgina, she was she won me over in this scene. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize she was like evil until the next scene, which where they're <laughs> kind of explicit about it. But I thought she had great charm, but also who had great charm in like a in like a bad boy kind of way with Spence, just how he gives the whole tour to everybody. This was great. This is just yeah. textbook cinematography or just writing of a basic show just to quickly show all the players. Yeah. And I like every single one them? of them. And I want to, I want to just um, take back what I said about every single one of them. I don't think I'm sold on Sherry yet. Yeah. yeah. But everybody else. I'll rip through them. So we've got Spence. So he goes on the ghost tour with Alanka. So they're doing yoga, which is this new thing, yeah, right. which is so fucking funny. New Asian shit. With Natsuki and Sandra. Um, then they go to the library, they go to the arcade, and that's where Amesh is because he's a huge video game boy, and he just wants to be Hayes. That's his whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And we have the little elevator scene, which is cute, um, that he wanted to be Hayes, but then they were like, no, 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 actually, don't go in there. It's the morgue. Which We're going into that morgue, man. We're that's, going that's into little that. Luke, that's little Luke in the elevator yeah. just screaming mm-hmm. all the way down. That's the dumbwaiter, Kathleen. That's the dumbwaiter. <laughs> Um, then we have, is it Sherry or Sheree? I, I, I think it's Sheree, sure. isn't it? Um, so just I'm like the sure. boys. Shelly, yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah, think, so I think she's actually in, an interesting character just because you just never know when she's lying. And I died laughing. Not okay. I'm, I'm lying. I didn't die laughing, <laughs> but I, but I liked the, the scene with her and Anya where, where she's talking about the pets and and then she's like, you said there was three and now there's four. And she's like, well, one died. Thanks for reminding me. And she's like, oh, I can't tell if you're telling me the truth yeah. or if you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> I love that scene too. Yeah. She's, she's an unreliable. Yeah. She's an unreliable narrator. She really is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's the pathological liar and the rich one that Jimmy was talking about. And right. then Anya is her roommate, this fucking bad bitch. She is takes no shit. But yeah. the reason she is how she is is because she's been there the longest and seen some shit. And she just doesn't want to, like, get comfortable with somebody else. And right. Lanka walks in with all this hope and she's like, Jesus Christ, get yep. away from me. Um, but then Hopper bounces. So he reluctantly leaves. They're there. They're at dinner. Um, so afterwards, she finds the sigil under her bed which yep. was from Rachel, Anya's old roommate, um, who got into some super Wiccan stuff. And they, they get into it more in, in the second episode so we could get into it. But all the tea stuff goes with this. But we right. didn't kind of wait until we go there. But most importantly, Rachel said she could feel something um, like around her, the living shadow chasing her around. So uh, that's definitely how probably how she died, unless it's just how like a metaphor for death or something This like living shadow is a metaphor for death. I don't know. We'll see. I guess. Yeah. And then we know, our boy, we know our boy loves metaphors. Yes. Um, and Anya leaves 
and slaps the button that closes the door automatically. I just bring that up because they, they like almost highlighted it like two or three times. And I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, is that going to come back or is that just being, uh, you know, accurate because this is a hospice house and like there are a lot of sick people. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I hope somebody goes to hit the button and it like doesn't work and they're like panicking. Um, anyway, uh, in the very beginning of the ghost store, Spence is kind of bringing it through a hallway. And this is where he points out the all the pictures and they show the class of 1968 and I was mad that they pointed it out right away because I was yeah. like, Julia Jane, she signed it. She's on there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But they do go to uh, later on they, at the end of this episode. All right. Here we go. Cafeteria, this baby. Is... Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Talk, take us into the cafeteria. I didn't take too many notes from the cafeteria. This was only important to me because they tell you the six month checkup rule. So like right. for insurance purposes, so like people, yeah. you know, that was important. Mm-hmm. And then like right when the scene opens up. There's this there's this crazy marking on the back of is it a mesh or a mesh? I think it's a mesh with an M. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on the back of a mesh's neck, do you guys see that? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's gonna be something that I'm, I'm just wondering is, if it's one of his scars from surgery from being sick. Like I don't know. Yes. It, it, it totally could be. Too. I didn't know if it was yeah. gonna be something where like the where Mark and Doctor Stan are in on it, where they do something to the to all the patients, and maybe it's oh, making okay. it a little bit crazier. But it could have just been me seeing that because I was looking for it on other people, and I don't think I I found it. They didn't what does like, the mess any... say is wrong with him? I can't remember which one he is. I didn't write it down, but Kevin I know is leukemia. Kevin's so, de- leukemia. Yeah. Anya's Spence's bone eight, cancer. Anya's bone cancer. Um, thyroid cancer is our main character. Yeah, because uh, I'm wondering uh, what because it could be an incision for some kind of surgery based mm-hmm. on what he has, but I can't remember what if he says what he actually has. And I, I probably he probably did because that's what they call each other when they first meet. Yeah. So you know what they have, but mm-hmm. um, what about Spence not liking QB one? I know is that a thing or is that <laughs> just kind right of like one. a joke or like? I mean. Well, the way they explain it off was good enough for me. Like because he's even, cute and funny and not dying. Is it because okay, well let's let's jump ahead for two seconds here. We have the scene with QB one and Spence after Spence gets cut. And mm-hmm. he says, like, it's not just a gay thing talking about AIDS. And then he's talking about how you need to see interview with a vampire. Which, guys, let me just say, I it's get that show has been revived. Well, it was a movie the show now on amc and it's getting good reviews it has one episode maybe we'll have to check it out but <laughs> um but no it's uh but but it, i was getting vibes like is is qb1 saying that he's gay and dispense not is you know is there some kind of thing between them where you're jumping you know, the gun dude you're really <laughs> jumping it you well, know i want to talk about that in depth <laughs> okay cool cool all right so you're gonna talk about it all right all yeah right, i mean cool. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. Well, the reason I was bringing it up is because with QB1 saying it's not just a gay thing, I don't know if that's saying Spence isn't gay and he doesn't like that people are assuming he is because he has AIDS and that's why he doesn't like QB1 because QB1 actually is gay and it's just like uh, to, reminding him too much of what he's getting, like the ridicule he's getting, like what Anya is saying about him having it. Or if he if they're both gay, I you know, I'm we'll talk about it but i'm just wow, trying to figure the, out the, the the devil's lettuce must have stopped me from even trying to figure out what <laughs> was going on there lettuce. because wow i did not read into all of that but I mean, anyway we'll, we'll talk about it later when it does yeah. get brought up but yeah, i think that okay. like, we can move on to basically the night there's yeah. the one more real, vision before the yeah. night right yeah also th- real quick did anybody think it was weird how they say they make their meals for you i mean it's pretty accurate because well, it's they poisoning like, them yeah, I was like, I don't know. Something, 
I, it's weird not seeing the food prepared and then brought out whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've never gone to a restaurant. You know, you're before. you're watching you're watching you know a scary show and yes. you're expecting something sketchy like that because I mean they say they talk to your doctor and it's based on what the food you're allowed to eat or what you need and you know it's a specific meal based on what your doctor says so that could easily just be nothing or it could be like what you say Paul I mean. Yeah. You take a bite first, Mark. Let's see. Yeah, Mark, yeah. give me one. Take a bite, bro. Fucking pussy. Anyway, <laughs> um, next bucket is the Midnight Club, right? So this yep. for me is where it really hooked me. I was like, okay, cool. I wanted everybody in a group talking like best friends and just like shooting the absolute shit. You could tell they like these people are together because they have to be, but that forms a bond that is like tight as fuck. And they all mm-hmm. share something that nobody else can understand. I fucking love this. So they're having this little party, right? They, they get together and they meet and they say, they are telling stories to create new ghosts because that's all they are in the end. But then we find out that the main reason is that whoever is the first to croak out of the group has to try and uh, communicate from the other side, which is so fucking cool. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on. This is like ghost story one oh one, right? Like mm-hmm. it's so sick. I love it. Um, and then we have our two stories. So I feel like Natsuki's story, we could just kind of fucking rip through this one in particular, even on my second watch, I was like, I don't know how much to read into this one. It's pretty the jump scares with the headphones and oh my, in my god. Ears. On the second watch, yeah. I was like at work at my lunch break watching, just being like, I couldn't get my phone fast enough to lower it. And it was just like, it's like freaking yeah. the fuck out. Yeah. Emily's doing homework in the other room and I have a door open and all you hear is like a million different screams from the same girl scaring the same dude. And I'm like, I am so sorry. I'm going to get up and close this door for you. The only thing I could think of was that he's quickly satiring and making fun of shows or movies that specifically do the jump scares and they're not actually scary. And that's exactly what they say when she starts telling the story. There's no other reason. I mean, it was ridiculous. The amount of (laughs) back and forth, (laughs) back and forth, like under you on top of you to the side. You know, it it seemed like it was purposely satire. I mean, it was a lot. And it was it was it was exactly like Scream. They were being so meta about like the horror. And that's what Spence was saying. And you can't tell me that he didn't throw this story in there to reuse the the Haunting of Hill House ghost versions of people. because That's exactly what (laughs) Natsuki in the story was. And I was like, man, this is this is creeping me out just because of nostalgia. Right. Yeah. All that. Was it um, Amesh or um, or Spence who was like making fun or was like, stop. No, that's cheap. Don't, I think no, it was Spence, right? So fucking funny. But yeah. we have to say I skipped this part, which was like one of my favorite parts is before they tell the stories, they say to those before and those after right. to us now and and those beyond seen or unseen here, but not here, which was giving me like such hundred vibes with like in peace. May you leave the shore and yeah. love may you find <laughs> the next like traveler's prayer. I just like anything like that. And I'm. Just I'll learn this and know it off the top of my head soon. So uh, also want to yeah. say that that story but, made me really, really like Natsuki. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. funny. She's yeah. like crawling on the table, trying yeah. to fuck with them and then like slams the table to scare them. It was yeah. making me jump scare constantly. So yeah. mm-hmm. Sandra but, fell off her chair. You know, Sandra. Yeah. Girl yeah. From what was her name in Midnight Mass? Her. She was the one in the wheelchair. She yeah. is not on this character sheet for some reason. So never mind. Um. Anyway, whatever. 
Sandra's cool. She's she's uh, very religious, um, but she also seems like a little baby because she gets scared the most and it falls off. Um, but just to go back, something really small, and I don't know if they'll even touch on it, or I could be making this entire thing up in my head, but when you said they're doing the cheers before, they always do it and then they always drink. They, a lot of them have the, like, these ceramic mugs that look like they made, and mm. a, a bunch of them match. Not all of them. But I was like, I wonder what that is. And then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, maybe that's one of their therapy sessions. They go and do pottery, and that's why they all have them. And I'm like, dude, my Flanagan's a genius. Look like, at you, dude. Like, maybe you're the genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe they're just random mugs. Mike like, Flanagan's going to be like, dude, no, but that's amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, I love, absolutely love this. Yeah, that's cool. It was reminding me of like, Rat poison, haunting yeah. of Hill House, <laughs> cup of stars, cup type of stars, deal. baby. Because P- P- pinky the, up the flashes of the people around the table dead. Yeah, it gives you poison vibes and and cult vibes where it's like you mm-hmm, do suicide mm-hmm. by drinking poison. You know the what I mean? Punch, yep. man. Yeah, yeah, baby. And anything. that could be somehow connected to the the healing water that um I don't remember her name in this show. Shasta. The, Shasta. Shasta. Because there's got that's obviously going to be a huge plot point, and mm-hmm. it could be something to do with the water. I don't really know, but yeah. So let's let's think about this real quick. Uh, are we missing anybody at the table that we met? Tristan, but we haven't met Tristan yet. They're obviously like on ha- like bed rest. Oh well, that Tristan's the one that that she's telling the story to through the door, right? Yeah, which mm-hmm. is an yeah, episode okay. Two. But everybody yeah. else. The, the reason why I'm asking is I just think it's funny because the main character, when Alanka is going down and following Anya, you know, you find out that they're sitting around the table and then they're saying she was asleep. So we didn't invite her and this and that. And they're trying to decide, like, is she invited? Like, is she going to be cool enough to be invited? Everyone in the house seems to be invited. So <laughs> Amesh, who who was the last one in, was like. What did they say? Like even uh, Amash was invited or something. Uh, no, they're saying. Well, no, they're saying that that um, the the night uh, the Sheree who doesn't take give the stories is still invited, even though she hasn't given a story yet. Remember? And she's like, "Oh, I'm still working on it." And they're like, "You have stories for everything." One of the other characters, one of the boys, I'm thinking I think it's Amash was yeah. like was like. You trusted me or something, or you were skeptical of me, and she's like, "I still am." Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm just saying, it just seemed to me like everyone's in it. So, what's the? How is it so like unique to be a part of it? But well, they just had to make sure they could trust her. Yeah, yeah. But um, but anyway, it was really cool. I loved the the scene where you're following her. You know, you you walk out the door, you look around the corner, and you're watching Anya go down the elevator that they said. Well, did she go down or up? But I think she went down, right? Yeah. Um, the <laughs> elevator that, you know, they're saying don't use and don't go down into the morgue and this and that. So I'm like, are we getting into the morgue already? Like, that's what I, you know, I'm starting to think about that. And, you mm-hmm. know, I it was the creepy vibes were at a 10 there. We got going back to our Hill House coverage, Paul. We got a creep count going for that one. I was like, all yeah. right, what's happening here? Yeah, I definitely thought Anya was up to some shit. Um, like she was like the real Wiccan user or, or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, no, nope, she was just going there because she can't use the stairs. Um, I also but, thought the same thing too for a second, Paul. I thought she knew about that symbol under the bed. Yeah, like she yeah. might have been the one to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Take it back. So, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, when you were asking about, you know, do have we met everyone? Is everyone at this table? I actually thought that was interesting because when Alanka is researching um, in the hospital. I actually paused and read the little description and it said like 14 bed 
like hospice. So I was like 14 vet. Okay. Does that mean there's going to be 14 kids? Does that mean including, you know, Dr. What's her face? Stan. Umbridge. Stan. <laughs> she looked like Umbridge for a second. Well, if they say a 14 bed, that, that would make you think it would be 14 beds for hospice yeah, people. Fully. And, and we do know that there's seven at the table. Um, and we, it seems that they only, you know, the bed only became available because the last person passed away. So maybe there is seven others that aren't invited and we just don't meet them because it just, yeah. it's not part of the story. Yeah. My I would last be thing. shocked about that. I love how they just call it making ghosts, like telling yeah. stories like, yeah, we come here to make ghosts. I'm like, fuck, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So our girl, Lanka, like she says at the elevator earlier in the episode, it takes a lot to scare her. She steps right the fuck up. They say Annie up. She says, give me that bottle, takes a big old swig and just rips the story, which was a great story and mm-hmm. relevant to everybody, too. And she tells the story about Julia Jane and it's lit. I mean, this girl, <laughs> she she I forget. I actually forget the year. here. Oh, no, I don't. It's 1968. There you she, go. <laughs> she's uh, falls in love, but then she gets sick. Same cancer as Alanka, which is how she found the article in the first place. Um, she starts obsessing over the date because they give her a year. So they she obsesses over the date of a year out. Um, she, once she hits that date, though, uh, she passes it. She swears she can hear Nathan, who was the boy she fell in love with, calling out for her name in the middle of the night. So she's wandering around and then she just basically disappears. I think she gets to the elevator maybe and disappears. I couldn't really tell, mm-hmm. but um, they say she's a sleepwalker, which I love. Like sleepwalkers. Talk about creep cam with Kathleen sleepwalking. <laughs> <laughs> so they're worried she walked off a cliff or something. And then one month later, this creepy bitch just shows right the fuck back <laughs> up, cured in remission. So crazy. So, um, yeah. So what do you guys think about this story? And do you think that this is going to come into a play in a real way? Do you think um, that someone's going to get cured or something? So uh, let me jump in first. Uh, I was thinking the same thing and I was really confused because as she's telling the story, like, you know, she's only telling a story. It's based on truth, but she's also right, making it right, up. But as right. we're watching this girl go into the elevator, you can see like the claws of the shadow kind of mm-hmm. follow her into the elevator too. And I'm like, well, fuck, like, is Alanka saying that? Like, is she saying that to the people right. or is this, is this actually what happened and we're seeing it, but Alanka doesn't. So there's yeah. a few things when they're telling the story that I'm like, should I take that? to heart is that like a rule that they're setting or is it just like a part of the story um so i want to say yes it's a real thing because even julia jane well see i don't know if this is true or not but she was obsessed with her own death date before she disappeared right so like that that was something that happened before but i don't know if that's true or not Um, right so, so like, what, then she comes back and then can spit out everybody else's death date. That's cool. But I obviously got to assume that um, the healing herself part was was definitely true and is going to be a thing. Yeah. So what we know is true would be she was sick. She had thyroid cancer. She disappeared and it was a week, not a month. And she came back and she was in remission. Everything else was part of the scary story. Um she said she never left the house, but again, we don't know if that's that's like that's totally that's in the freaking air. Nell Luke situation from Hill House. <laughs> I was here the whole time. I was standing here, and no 
someone could see. Yeah, my God. But you got to assume that if she really did go into remission from this terminal illness, that they did interviews on her and like asked her things. So, like, I'm taking it at face value truth that she did say those things where she thinks she didn't leave. So, there's going to be something in there where whatever this curse is or whatever healed her, I guess, kind of just happens to you rather than you being like conscious, like kind of like sleepwalking. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, but I, I definitely me, think those pieces could be true. Let me uh, throw a little tinfoil at you. So let's turn this on its head and say, like, let's say maybe what if the doctor's actually good? OK, what if let's say we're getting into what's the what's the girl's name that we meet in hiking again, Kathleen? Shasta. Shaska, right? Okay, so we meet Shaska, and she's saying, "Drink the water." And here's the chamomile. Shasta, 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 like Rasta. Yeah. So we meet Shasta, and she- <laughs> <laughs> so we meet Shasta, and she's—is <laughs> it Shasta? It's Shasta, right? Shasta with S H A S T A. So we meet Shasta, and <laughs> um, yeah. So we meet Shasta. <laughs> Fuck. Shut the fuck up. Bev Keen. Just call her Bev Keen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Call her Steven's wife. So we meet Steven's wife in the woods <laughs> and she's saying, you know, this water is magical and you're in some kind of healing p- place, whatever. We'll get to that part. But but my thing is here, you know, the drink the water thing just reminded me of like drink the Kool-Aid or, you know, the, the poison kind of thing. And and we know there's a cold situation and we know that the doctor got sketchy when the cold got brought up. What I'm wondering is what if Julia never actually happened? And it's like the cult just trying to um, have like some kind of story to to make people think that they're back then could have been some kind of cure, like back when they were actually an active cult and the doctors trying to actually protect from that. And that girl, Shasta, Shaska, Stephen's wife is actually the cult member still active. You know, I, I just don't, I don't, you know, I'm just wondering if there's going to be um, some kind of plot twist with that just because. Um, you absolutely lost me in the beginning, but then found me at the end. I was lost and then I was found something for sure up with pasta. With pasta. <laughs> for sure, she is. She is um, has to be with the cult or something like she has something to do. Right. I mean, this all when- the reason why I'm going tinfoil is because I'm saying, you know, you're asking me, do I think someone's going to be cured? My answer is no. I think that Julia might have not even been cured ever. Okay. Uh, but that kind of makes like that kind of makes the story weird because the, the coolest part of the mystery is that she shows up cured and she says, I was here the whole time. That's, you know, that's kind of the cool part. But, you know, the cult thing could be like, you know, trust us, we'll cure you. You know what I mean? Like, that's their marketing for it. So I don't, I don't know. And I'm going to throw something at the wall that I just thought of right now, just because it sounds like it would be fun if they could pull it off. Is what if it's obvious that Shasta and uh, Dr. Georgina are or doc, Dr. Stan? What are we calling this girl? Are we call her Dr. Georgina. Dr. Stan are on different sides. Like they hate each other. And it seems like the doctor always reports Shasta if she's on the thing. So what if Shasta or what if one of them could be also Julia like herself? Shasta has red hair and so does Julia. It's but we're talking. We're talking 30, 25, 30 years later. She should be a lot older looking. But Um, what about the healing waters that come? Yeah. Yeah, Like if the the healing waters come into place. And she really is only healed because she's constantly drinking the water. She can't leave. That's why she's on the premise and can't like she needs to be here. 
Otherwise, right, right. The, th- the cancer could come back. So it could either that's, one of them could be Julian. I'm feeling like so, that's probably where it's got to go. Yeah, it's so funny. Like I, I, I'm, I wonder when it comes to Flanagan, and I, and this is so stupid because we're talking haunting of Hill House with ghosts and Bly Manor with ghosts and Lady of the Lake and all this stuff, and I'm going. Is the fountain of youth too supernatural? No, it's not. Like, <laughs> it's not. So that could totally be a thing. Like, I mean, that yeah. might be like if she keeps trying to get into the water and she needs it, and it is Julia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could be. They do go into it. She does say like it comes from an aquifer that runs like three miles underground or something like that, and this is one of the only spots that pops up. So, I mean, it's it well checks spring. out. Yeah, she's definitely a really cool character. What is uh, Alfredo Pasta? she she is and i was gonna say this when she was like a breath of fresh air when i saw her and by the end of the scene i was like she is gonna have something so important Mm. this girl Mm -hmm. but we'll get there so let's wrap up this episode while we can alanka finishes the story in a great way like if she did make it up good for her our girl's got fucking stories the way she says that (laughs) now she knows everyone else's death day which is fucking great that's so Mm -hmm. such a cool ending then they kind of disperse. Alanka and Kevin are walking down the hall. And Kevin is the type of guy who also notices and the, the pictures on the wall, and the names on the wall. He's not just blowing by them every day. And he knows that there has to be some truth in the Julia Jane story. Jimmy already ripped through what that truth is. And they kind of have this conversation where Alanka's like, I'm going to be healed. And Kevin's like, Oh shit. <laughs> like yeah. it's and and she is scary as about it the next day, which this we'll talk about in, in the next episode. But I mean, I'm Team Malanka, man. If she's gonna fight the fight, let's go. Fight the good fight, mm-hmm. girl. Um, but then she walks away and we see the shadowy figure following her. So she's already getting got in episode mm-hmm. one. Um, I was surprised there wasn't more of like I really liked the Julia Jane story. So I'm not saying that didn't do it for me, but I what I was I thought there was going to be some like boom ending where you're like, <gasps> as a pilot, there wasn't, right. but that's okay. It's fine. I mean, yeah, the only thing was Julia Jane. He points out to the picture that we were looking at before, but we're also um, observant that we all saw it. We all knew it was there. <laughs> yeah. One amazing interaction right at the end of Alana's story when she's like, all right, I'll be in. Like, I'll tell you the end of the story if I'm in the club. And she was like, I'll, I will do it. Uh, I will stand against the veal and push and scream until you hear me. And I'll scream the truth. I promise. I'm like, damn, Alanka, you're awesome. And then Anya hits her with the, you don't have to be such a drama queen. About it. <laughs> yeah. After like Anya's so dramatic about every other thing. She yeah. says. It's so funny. I loved yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Episode two. And then we could do final thoughts at the end. Yep. Yeah. All right, cool. Episode two is called The Two Danas based off of the story Anya tells at the end. Um, bucket number one is going to be all the Anya stuff. So it's called Anya being a bitch to Alanka is what this bucket is called. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to rip it all the way until Stanton talks to Anya. So anything with Anya and we're going to go. So the f- number one scene right up the top, Anya is waking up um, from a big nightmare, right? She, do you remember what the nightmare is? I actually don't have it. it I think it's, it's just, just in the like the vision. Yeah, it's yeah. just like the visions. It's the same yep. visions, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Alanka's drinking this fucking tea and Anya is dunking on her for it. And it's so annoying. And Anya's being such a bitch. And I believe I, I'm I understand 
Anya in this, so it's fine. I understand why Anya's being such a bitch, but it's really, it's really a lot. She's she's awful. But yeah. um, then they find uh Alanka finds this necklace and then Anya claims it, which you you we all knew that was not hers when she was right, found. right, right. So we think it's Rachel's. It could have been someone before Rachel, too. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. No, they confirm it, they confirm uh, it later because yeah. she says okay. I would I want Rachel's parents to have this or something like that. Okay. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So then the next scene we'll cover is the group therapy scene, which is where it all comes to a head. Um, I really loved Amesh being so sad about the PlayStation. I know we touched on it, but that does suck. Like he feels stupid for saying it, but he's genuinely like I was would have really looked forward to playing that PlayStation in the end. This is the concrete. This is the concrete confirmation of the time period of the story right here. They didn't give us a date (laughs) until episode two. Yep, you should yep. tell Mike that that was the date. Yeah, I don't I'll be know like, Mike, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's right around 1994 based mm-hmm. on your context clues. Yeah, and this is the, the grieving sesh where Sherry tells her about grieving her pets and Anya tries calling her out saying, oh, you're a liar and all this other stuff. And then Anya's being a bitch, brings up the tea to the whole group therapy. And I was like, tell everybody about your fucking tea. They're just going to heal you and everything. Um, then Anya goes into that really, really cool monologue about everything wrong, all the therapies, all the different treatments that you can try, and nothing's going to work. Like, we're here to die. Like, why are you wasting your time doing this? I'd rather my room not smell, and I'd rather the people next to me not drink their own piss. I'd rather we just all just die instead of trying this round of stuff. Great um, acting. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was really good. So then, just be, to get through them, so uh, Alanka afterwards then confronts Anya because she has to and I'm I'm team Alanka too I mean our girl can hold her ground she's a good main character um all the other ones are like funner than her so I think we like gravitate towards them and none none of us said Alanka was our favorite character but she's a good character and she stands up for herself and she's like sorry I just wanted to be friends like I wanted to be friends with mm-hmm. you and get to know you because we're sharing a damn room together yeah. I'm glad she got her piece in too. And I'm sorry, I was going to say she also passed the test during the therapy scene where she didn't let it bother her in front of everyone and she kind of snapped back at her quick and everyone gave her that look like, all right, bitch can go, dude. <laughs> bitch got it. You know, Anya like, wants to drink her own piss. Everybody <laughs> chuckled at that. If it'll help. Like all of these scenes are just like there to characterize Anya and they really culminate in the scene later with Kevin where he kind of psychoanalyzes how Anya is about the group. So mm-hmm. this did feel like Anya's episode. I feel like I know her. Oh, yeah. about. It obviously is because it's her midnight club session too. So it, it was good to really get you in her mind. And now, now looking back, it's like, yeah, she, she was definitely a bitch to, to Alanka, but it makes sense. Like that's just her. Now yeah. we kind of get it. Yeah. And the last Anya scene before, obviously, the huge Anya scene of her telling the story is just Stanton talking to her and kind of explaining like, man, nothing grinds my gears more than someone than someone who reminds me of me. And Anya thinks she's talking about Alonka, but she's actually talking about Anya. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, this scene is important mostly because she sees the shadow and she's like looking at the mirror when it happens, which is interesting because of the story she tells about the mirror. Yep, so I w- yep, I'm wondering yep. if her story was inspired by that or I what? was rewinding it a million times. Cause I wanted to know if that mirror was moving without Anya moving, but, but it just wouldn't work that way. Cause it's not showing both at the same time and it's her head's moving later in the scene. So it's probably just, she's just looking at herself, but I just kept staring at it being like, is that thing moving? When just like in the story, you know, it, yeah. 
Um, but I just want to say, like, going back to what you, Luke and Paul were saying with the um, with Anya going to in the elevator and disappearing. And we were wondering if she's going to be part of like the cold or know what the symbol is when she first has this conversation with the doctor. And we don't know exactly what she's going to be talking about. And she's kind of just being like, here's the here's the locket. I'm thinking she's on the doctor's side for a second to start mm -hmm. that scene. And then they start talking and it ends up not being that. But, you know, I'm. <laughs> I'm 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 not I'm not loyal to any of these people, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can't I'm just worried be. because there's it's such high turnover of the hospice lifetime and Anya being the oldest. I don't think any of the Midnight Club can really be in on this, right? Like I mm -hmm. I feel like it has to be no, either they're being Shasta on or yeah. or the doc. Right. Can I put some tinfoil yeah. on for a second? What about QB1, dude? I Oh, totally. He could also be evil. Yeah. I always get like Munchausen's by proxy. I always get like Munchausen's like where it's like Anya is Stanton's daughter and she's actually been there for so long, but everyone just dies out and so no one realizes she's she's always the <laughs> longest one there. She's always the longest one there until yeah, like the last like one dies though. and then she can kind of come up cool. with a new, you know what I mean? Right, like she right. may have been there but for I like years that, and years. Yeah. Yeah, that's where my tinfoil comes in. I was thinking of who could be in the mold yep. type deal. That is that's actually really cool. Like, I do like that a lot. I mean, I think that I'm wondering if that conversation rules that out now because they're having that Feels like, it. you know, off, <laughs> you know, they're having this conversation with nobody except us yeah. watching. So it's not like you're putting on a roost for anybody like they, you know, unless the doctor isn't part of it. And it's like. You know, Shasta maybe, she, and maybe she's yeah, Shasta <laughs> and Anya, you know, Shasta is the one. But then I don't know. Then the doctor should know that there's nobody died, that that Anya's not dying. But Kathleen, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate true. it. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> Coming um, from the master of the stupid theories. But yours isn't stupid, Kathleen. So then just before, like, we'll get back to Anya later, later, we'll c cover the in-between scenes. But Anya ends up puking. Do you think that's because she just has cancer? Or do you think because she's like saw the shadow and is scared and was like, Fuck puke. Um, I, think I really like it's cool how, you know, right after the scene is she looks into the bathroom and it's dark and then she sees the eyes. And then that's that's totally midnight mass with the uh, are we allowed to give a spoiler here with the monster with the interview of the vampire? Yeah, with the with the monster. <laughs> and, you know, those glowing eyes will get me every time. I think they're cool as shit. You know, you know, having them in the background. It's very sad and everybody always wants it ever since hill house everybody wants the background ghosts you know when Bly came out and it wasn't there people were like outraging and he was like that was just for hill house man it's i always look i'm looking for things Me so just, too. just you know just the fact though that they are doing those types of quote-unquote scares where she's looking in the bathroom dark and boom there's those glowing eyes and then when she snaps out of it the bathroom was actually fully lit up you know like she's looking at we see the entire inside of the bathroom i don't know it seems weird that they're showing us her being sick but it could just be like hey this is part of their life they're dying or it could be like you know it, it shook her yeah i think it's more like you kind of you don't forget that they're all terminally ill and in a hospice, but they, it's That's good true. to just constantly have reminders of they talk yeah, about they're not meds, living they a show the old life in there. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of funny, but did anybody else beside? I mean, obviously, you got the midnight mass, the glowing eyes thing, too. But did you also feel a little bit of uh, blind matter specs? that's what i saw oh okay you know like with the, yeah like the shining eyes off the, the shining the, the, eyes the glare yeah. of the headlights that's off cool. the off the sun mm -hmm. or the eyeglasses yeah i like that 
I love that. I can't wait to rewatch Fly Manor with Alex. I haven't seen it Dude. in two years. I haven't seen it since we potted it. So I'm, I'm doing a Hill so House. Pumped. Hill House is happening yeah. this this October. Same. I haven't watched that since we potted, so that's a good two years. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Cool. Bucket number two is random happenings at Bright Cliff. So number one is Alonka goes through the pre need, and this is basically just a big old file of papers that she has to fill out to talk about shit when she dies what casket do you want what music do you want at your funeral this that so depressing um but this is when our girl is just absolutely she wastes no time she's just like what about julia jane and this is when stanton is just like (laughs) stanton literally the way that like they should i feel like they shouldn't have showed her face yeah she she was very like because she was like yeah, yeah. And, and for anyone not watching the video, Kathleen is is doing a nice impression Exorcism. of what the doctor was doing. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was so, so, so blatant, unbelievably blatant. And then, she calls it a, a misdiagnosis, too. She's like, oh, yeah, they're rare. But, you know, that's what Julia was, a misdiagnosis. And, I, and it's, she was scared. yeah, it's even more blatant. The fact that she's like, never heard of her. And then she like yeah. tells like, oh, you never heard of the only yeah. so far like yeah. cured person from your hospice place. Yeah. And she was like, oh, that, yeah, maybe, maybe. And that's I like remember. the other thing that like going back to the first episode and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's only been a hospice place since doctor bought it. So yeah, that means it was her patient that was cured. And you're telling me you don't remember her. I mean, I get it. You're 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 trying to pl- pull off. It's 25 years ago, but yeah, you're gonna remember your only person that was freaking cured that disappeared for a week and showed up saying I'm cured. You want to know the worst lie of all time and how to make me for sure know you're lying is to say, "Oh wow, oh yeah, I do remember," and I've never thought about it since. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, that was so crazy. And like, why she, would you say that? And she has the worst poker face too. With like, you know, not only did she get shook with Julia, then she brings up Paragon and she's like. Damn, girl, you got me, man. Yeah. She's just mm-hmm. she's, she's like, nope, never heard of it. It's like the so, double, uh, yeah, it's literally yeah. the double whammy, and she just she gets shook from both of them. Literally, so bad because she's like, oh no, I've never heard of that. But yeah, if you're not gonna have anything else, uh, you can go. Yeah, she's like get trying the hell to out change, of here. trying to change subjects like real quickly. I'm a little concerned at the fact that she did not get slightly paranoid. Like she still fully trusts all the hospice kids. Leaves the door yeah, unlocked. Lock the door, that felt yeah. a little weird to me. No. No, it's no. on purpose. Yeah, I was gonna say, Kathleen. On purpose. She let okay. you don't. You do not let them say that. Like that sketch you the fuck out. You did not leave that file unattended. No way. Yeah. Maybe no way. She she fudged the numbers. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sure. So so you're saying she wants she wanted her to find the folder and look into it. Whatever's in that file yeah maybe right. she took it i mean she could have just wrote like everything was cool.com <laughs> yeah. like, it's or not be or if papers. she's you know or if she's part of the cold it could be like you know writing in the file like maybe she did this or maybe she did that and it's like whatever she wants them to do you know yeah, true. whatever the plan is walking her right into the plan you know mm-hmm. so maybe she is actually not the worst poker face and she's just playing into some kind of you know let me drop my keys loudly into this drawer and and shut the drawer (laughs) yeah right yeah exactly where they are yeah exactly the drawer wasn't locked either too to the keys and you'd think i don't know maybe that's too much (laughs) yeah she's a key for her keys yes um yeah 
Okay, so this is where Natsuki is reading Tristan a story. Um, and it almost made me feel like, what is that disease, that five feet apart disease? Uh, that movie Five Feet Apart with Cole Sprouse. What's the disease where you can't be like six feet apart from somebody else? It made me feel like that. because COVID. <laughs> yeah, right. She also could just be so sick that they can't have germs going. Well, it's the, so it's the immunocompromised. Yeah, yeah, you have I to. Guess so. That's what I was wearing the mask and yeah. But so less contagious, Mark. more about safety for her or yes. Kristen. Him? Exactly, because yeah. she didn't she didn't have a mask on or anything, but he was right. putting it on to go in. So maybe she he didn't want to bring in other bacteria. Yeah, I think I think it's more she can't be exposed to anything. Right. Yeah. And let's just also not let's talk really quick about they're just all pounding morphine, man. They're oh, just chowing down on morphine, so they're all they're all loopy, man. They, they could be all literally. This whole thing could just be like you're all they're all just drugged up and there's nothing going on in the in the hospice. Like <laughs> they're so drugged on up bed. on morphine that they're seeing the, the shadows and they're like, what's going on, man? Like, let's go to Mars, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so next we have the hike, which is one of my favorite parts of the two episodes. It was one visually gorgeous, beautiful, and mm. was so different than the rest of the show. It's all dark and in this like old ass house. And this was like beautiful that i think they literally did that on purpose to make it seem like wow this spring this wellspring is like uh, otherworldly like it's yeah. gorgeous so this is where we meet the goat samantha sloyan hmm. aka bev keen aka lee crane steven's wife um shasta 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 but yeah, so what she's super hippy dippy. I mean, I I loved the scene. She felt like culty to me. Yeah. What did you guys think of her just in general? It was really creepy the way she like jumps on the name. Oh, it's a beautiful name. And then she goes into like all the explanations, he links it like through three different things. And then she's like, Oh, sorry, I'm all about that in ancient Greece. So I'm like, all right. Well, why are you saying this? Unless it's got to do something with later, like what uh, whether that's like her background, where she's from, or she's gonna know i don't know she's fucking crazy yeah i mean there's there's no way there there's there was no doubt in my mind from the moment you see her that she's not bad whether it's the right answer or not i'm just like she's bad i mean there's no yeah she's there for the water too so i mean the water obviously is important because she's like oh yeah i just used to make tea and stuff like that it's a beautiful aquifer but and she also brings up the healing vortex yeah Um, right and that that's like you know, is she crazy or is she telling the yeah, truth? Freaking um, weirdo! You're sitting in one right now. Um, you know, so if she sits in in that spot, well, her- I would be like a lock. If I was a lock, I'd be like, I'm staying here forever. Then I'm healing, yeah, bro. Right? She didn't experiment. ask any questions. Yeah, she was just like, oh, cool. I'm healing. I'm sitting right here. I'll talk to you later. Go mm, get some cool. chamomile. Shasta was just spraying poison on the chamomile. Just spraying poison on, it, and that's well, why everyone dies around the wow. table with their with their own mug that they made. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the only thing that you know was of substance in a way where it wasn't like could it be hippy dippy is it weird we don't know but um she says i haven't met uh, a patient in a long time and i haven't met somebody as smart as you or a smart patient in even longer so i mean samantha sloy and i don't know how old she is but she's not old obviously she looks mm-hmm. young so you know, the founder you think is a great is a great theory here. Um, is she Julia? Is she you know a, a relation? Is she's the next 
whatever, a daughter, a granddaughter of someone that was in the cult back in the day. You know, it's got to be something like that. But she's obviously been around for a long time. That's what we're that's what she's getting at. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was saying, thinking the same thing. She was saying, like, if you're here getting this water, you must be smart. And and I and I also get I get Samantha Sloy and she's a natural redhead. Right, Kathleen? She's been redhead and everything. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So whether she's natural or not, I've always seen her as a redhead. Mm. You got Julie as a redhead, you know, putting redheads in in shows isn't very like common in the way where you're like, here's a mystery with a redhead. And now we have another sketchy person show up who's also a redhead. Could be a blatant red herring. But I'm just saying, like, are they making us want to think it's Julia or, you know, whatever. But I'm just saying there, there's there's that to think about. Like, we have two redheads here that I think that want us to think it's Julia. Yeah. Alanka was telling everybody about it later. They're like, that, that can't be a real name. And like, that had to be like a made up one. Yeah. So it could be, you know, her name was Julia or whatever. And then she changed it. So that means nobody has talked to her really besides. Alanka. Right. Everyone but, there says they never met her. Did she, am I making this up? Why do I have a note here? That's did she self-proclaim herself as a teacher or the teacher? I don't know. Why did I write that, that down? I feel like she, no, okay, maybe, maybe not. I, th- I thought she said like one of the things that like what she is like when she's like, what are you like? Why are you here? She's like, I'm, I'm a teacher or something uh, like that. I'm, that uh, doesn't ring a bell. OK, I could be making that up. But um, yeah, I, I think we nailed all of the, the shots to talk earlier. She's just like in this specific scene, though, she's just like a legendary like NPC character. She just walks up to <laughs> yeah, crazy right? shit about well, the healing yeah. vortex, <laughs> gives you the mission and walks the hell out. But <laughs> she stole <laughs> like, this episode for me because yeah, she by was the just, way. <laughs> She was just so, yeah, like, I mean, I was hyped because it was Bev Keen again, seeing her in a completely different character. But yeah, whatever she shows up next is going to be very telling about all of these theories. So I'm I'm hoping gives you the mission. (laughs) Yeah, by the way, go check out that chamomile field before you go to back to (laughs) the house. Okay. So she does. And oh, my God, there's a weird marking in the tree. Okay. I wonder if we're ever going to see that again. Or that come up. Exactly. Weird marking. I took it as an hourglass. Is yep. you guys yes. take that too? I, okay. I took it as an hourglass with the top carved out. Right. So right. meaning like your time is up, like you're going to die. Okay. Or like okay. That. Okay. Bucket number three, arts and crafts. So they're folding <laughs> a thousand paper cranes. Uh he it's a mesh once a before I die list. And it seems like uh Natsuki told him this morning about this thousand yeah, frame thing. Yeah. And so he's like, Well, we're doing it. And everyone's like, Fuck you, dude. What what, what, what else? Like I knew do? I messed up. Yeah. <laughs> the second I said I fucked up. So dude, their faces when they he said it, she told him that this morning. They're like, Jesus Christ, man. I knew it when I said it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, it's an ancient Japanese legend that promises a thousand or promises. Anyway, yeah. promises a wish, a wish to anybody. Wish that, by God, yeah. Which is it's whack. a flawed, it's a flawed thing there because they're doing it together. Yeah, I was like, yeah. who bullshit. gets the wish? Like, it's not you like you sacrifice a thousand. You have to make a thousand, right? You make a thousand, and they're they're between seven of them making a thousand. Who gets the wish? It, you know, it's bullshit, man. You fight it's to the sketchy. Dumb. <laughs> also, I just love Kevin here. Kevin's always like a positive and upbringing and Amesh is going through the things he wants to do. And they're saying you'll never do any of them. And Kev's like, you know what? I think you're going to hang glide while losing your virginity into your sister's wedding. You're yeah. Do all the things on your list. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. great. So this is where we get to talk about what Jimmy wanted to talk about. So uh, he is just 
Spence is just like talking and not paying attention. The paper cutter just cuts him right. I knew right away why they were freaking out. Um, I actually did because to be honest. I had no idea. Yeah, especially when the blood was on Anya, I knew exactly. I'm mm. I, I are they saying that he's on hospice from AIDS? Yes. Uh, yes. It's, wow. it's the it's the early nineties. Like yeah. and this was they almost knew nothing about it then. I mean, the timeline is, is perfect for for how bad this is. Like. Um, Anya even touches on it when they say he has AIDS. Alanka, like, you know, she gets a sad face and Anya's like, don't fucking don't do that. Like, yeah. he's making that face. When you hear somebody has AIDS, you think, OK, they're going to die in like two seconds. Well, that's um, a great cool. that's a great line by Anya calling yeah. Alanka out because she's like, we're all equal here. We're all dying. You're not yeah. going to give that face to mm-hmm. him and not anybody else. So the key here is that she's saying no one in the world is blaming you for having right, it's leukemia and for AIDS. They're saying you did this to yourself and it's such a good scene, like mm-hmm. fucking snaps for Mike Flanagan. Oh, yeah. Such a fucking yep. good scene. I agree. I wasn't really was not expecting somebody to have AIDS in the show. Right. Um, I wonder if that's in the books. We'd have to look it up. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but basically, they're saying. She says something like you're being spited from God, quote unquote, because of it. I don't necessarily I don't think Alanka's face was bad, but I liked Anya sticking up for him, even though she didn't need to. Alanka's not going to judge. She really wasn't. Like, she yeah. just felt, I think it was more of like, a, a, it was, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was more of like Alanka was giving the shocked face, which the shocked face leads to that stigma. And it yeah. wasn't that necessarily Alanka was going to think or or even say the stigma stigma and and do what anya said but she was like don't don't even start it yeah. don't do it you, you know? knew he's here to die we're all here to die why yeah. did, why do you suddenly get sad when you once you find out what it is right yeah so mark's character is giving me like raul coley vibes from bly like just mm. so pure good yeah. so sweet as the cook like just the best character i can't wait to watch that again anyway <laughs> mark sewing up his finger we've already gone through all of this it's so fucking cute jimmy to be honest i wasn't getting the I want to call him Riley, that Mark is gay vibe, too. I really genuinely just thought he was being like really sweet and just he's that good of a guy that he's trying to make Spence feel better. And in a in a real way, like he's spitting facts. At but, him. Is, but wasn't he saying like you got to You know, not only do we have Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise, but we have Antonio Banderas and you got to see him in this. Like, I mean, I thought it was like, yo, they're hot. Yeah. You know, like, I thought he was just connecting with them because in okay. the 90s, it's still it like, OK, yeah, AIDS has an insanely like terrible stigma to it back then. But so did being gay like everyone. Well, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, well, they're, you know, with it, take AIDS out of it and people were probably will give you a dirty look just because you're gay, not because you have AIDS. Right. So I think I thought he was just being kind. But honestly, if he ends up being gay, then that is. So fine you're, by you're me. going with that. You definitely think that Spence is gay and got it from that. I thought so. Because Mark, I took Mark even way. says, Mark even was like, yo, I know two people that stuck each other with needles, they shared a needle in there, and it's not just a gay thing. So I don't know if that was more like, you know, don't worry about the stigma. And, you know, he's just being accepting that, yeah, you're, you're gay, but, uh, you know, don't worry about that. But, or is it like, yeah, man, you could have got it from anything else. Don't, you know, so because of the Antonio Banderas, Brad Pitt talk, I took it that he was saying that to him because he, he is gay. 
Meaning, yeah. meaning Spence. M- meaning Spence. But I just didn't think that Mark was gay. Okay. Okay. But he could be. And I would fucking love that. Be ashamed <laughs> for every every woman in the world if that's the case. But QB1, baby. Let go. So handsome. So handsome. But yeah. I mean, I loved these scenes. He's so sweet. And I'm glad they like tackled this in these like few minutes. It's good. Stuff. I don't want to see for Zach Guilford. I guess I want. QB one to turn bad because I want him to get like those kind of acting scenes where he turns and, and we're like, damn, baby, like QB one's actually doing like, you know, Midnight Mass, obviously Friday Night Lights. He's the good guy, even though, you know, with Midnight Mass, you start off not 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 really knowing if he's good or bad because of how the circumstances at the beginning of this of the season. But um, I would like to see Zach Gilford play a bad guy. But at the same time, QB one, man, you know, right now he's he's pure good. It's so seen. what what would the angle be and why would it be beneficial for for QB1 to be empathetic towards the people that he was gearing up to be killed for the cult or f- killed for the shadow monster? Well, I, I can't I think of a reason say, why I wouldn't it would be say, positive. Yeah, I wouldn't say that he's purposely being empathetic. I would say it's an act. Like he's yeah, just but why? That's what I'm up. saying. Why would yeah. he? Why would right. that help? Um, false sense of security. You know, I, I don't know fully, but I, I would say that, like, you know, you have good cop, bad cop or something where, like, Zach Guilford is the one or QB one's the one that they, like, trust. And maybe later in the story when, you know, take this medicine or do this or do that or I, I have no idea, but it's like, you know, they trust them. But either way, there's that there's something there to the whole Spence doesn't like him thing. And that's what I was trying to get at. And I was tinfoiling it, you know, whether it's Spence, you know, whatever. We talked about it earlier, so I don't yeah. need to get into it again. But I I, I have some I, it's just weird to me. That's that they all like he's such a pure hearted so far. Good guy. And Spence seems to be a really good guy. So why does Spence just hate him? Unless it's really just that stupid excuse that they say in the cafeteria. I'm putting it on the board. I think he's pure good. I think that I don't think he's going to turn bad. Pure okay. good. That's going to lead to a tragic death to make the audience feel something. Yeah, I like that. Oh my goodness. Not on the boat, right? My goodness. <laughs> right, well, so, <laughs> I have a uh, I got a question for you guys, because the next thing we get is like, all right, the alarm's going off for not to get to eleven fifty five from Midnight Club is Midnight Club every night at midnight or is I it just so. pretty like, sure? Yeah. Yeah. OK. Jesus Christ. I mean, they and they're never saying some of these people are going to live for like two, a three week. months. Yeah. Like you got to I mean, think like be, this is like yeah. the highlight. Yeah. Right. That's exactly. True. Like it could. I mean, and they even say some of the stories took three days or, you know, so they're they're They haven't a lot of time, I guess. So they don't get caught. And obviously, so that I guess they can get some sleep. But, you know, it it, it, it seems to be every single night. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. Bucket. Last bucket. Midnight Clerb. Um, Number this two. is Anya's. Midnight Club number two. Um, <laughs> Anya tells a story about the two Danas. It's a basically a classic devil story, right? So Dana is this perfect girl and she's the ballet and she's the perfect student and she's this and that. But all she wants to do is fucking party. So she stays up at night and basically makes a deal with the devil to split into two. And you know, this was going to go bad. Like, oh, this yeah. is just the worst fucking thing in the world. Very cool. I really like this. And I like where the show is going, where we're going to get a cool story like this every time. I hope they start getting more relevant. Um, But I mean, we can go over it. I've already said the virginity part was my favorite. 
I mean, Dude. yeah, right. So funny. Even when they first split, she's like on her bed doing homework, and uh, Dan yeah, she's in the club, That was my favorite. She's actually. sitting there just like yeah. trying to take. She's notes, like dancing on, while while taking yeah. notes, and the who is it? What is it? The mom or the dad walks in, and she's just yeah. like, hey. "I'm good, <laughs> love yeah. you too." Yeah. Yeah. Are we um, opening up conversation for the full story? Yeah, front just, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. Everyone who's listening it. watched it. We don't have to. Yep. Touch on every second. Well, did you have something you wanted to go into? Uh, I just loved the foreshadowing from Flanagan when she Dana twos on all types of drugs. She's like seeing shit and she she sees Bill's face mount, so she throws the ballerina statue and the leg comes off. I'm like, damn, nice foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. I didn't even catch mm-hmm. that. I'm an idiot. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, Kathleen, it's a typical devil story. Get that shit and read the fine print, man. Get that shit in writing before you shake your hand. I mean, it's the dumbest thing ever just because it's so obvious that there's going to be issues with that. Um, Mm -hmm. My question to you guys is the first story. I'm blanking on her name, Kathleen. What was the name for the? What is it? Natsuki. Natsuki. Yeah. So is she the jump scare girl? Yeah. Okay. so they're going to be part of each of their stories. But it's weird that she wasn't the main character of her story. Well, her character was about a boy. Right. But I'm just saying, like, (laughs) I'm saying, like, each story seems like it's giving you some, like, hints to the the, the background or the character. And obviously, Anya was the main character. And there's some truth to her story. Um, So I was a little confused there. But yeah, I mean, I already brought this up. The devil shows up. The devil pops up at the same way the shadows move in the actual uh hospice Mm -hmm. so i don't know if she's just adding that to the story because she just saw that happen while she was freaking out or if it's supposed to be another kind of thing where i don't know but you know there, there are similarities there they do say the devil only visits her in her dreams, too, which is like everyone's dreaming. It. Well, not everyone's dreaming about it, but a couple people are dreaming that, about it. That The devil is Dr. Stanton, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this story was just so fun. And Kathleen, you said it best. Like, it's just it's going to be so entertaining for us as audience members to see these stories. It lets Flanagan just flex any sort of muscle you want. You can go hard. You can go creepy. You can go jump scare, whatever he wants to do. So it's pretty genius on like a just TV show level and he can do whatever he wants. He has like an infinite um, creativity, but I, I can't really reason out how this is going to connect to her real life because this seems like we're just adding a whole nother new variable that doesn't fit in with the rest of it because it's coming from Anya, like in her, her, her made up story. I don't know how this can fit in with like the Cole and like how I, I really the, can't like think yeah. of like what, how this will connect out. The way I was getting it was um, because at the end, even Sandra says, like, you know, thank you for opening up to us, Anya, like sharing a little bit about yourself. So I think it was based on truth. I mean, she even says they started out in Ireland. This Dana started out in Ireland and then moved to the U.S. Um, So I don't think everything in it, I think the devil's probably made up, but there's some truth. Like metaphorical. Yes, yeah. but there's some truth in it in the fact that like you know she was a, a perfect girl and right, like, right, exactly. Something happens where she you know, probably life- has a friend that yeah. you know some kind of best friend, you know, like the guy that's in the story, similar things like that. Uh, Luke, to your point, I don't, I don't understand really either, unless we're just doing a story where or a show where we're having as part of each episode, they're telling their stories. It's the midnight club. Like, you know, we're seven kids with in hospice telling the story. And then it's just literally going to be 
an underlying part of it. There's a cult and like there's something going on in the actual hospice. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to connect besides the fact that it's going to give us background on each character. It's going to like let us get to know them a little bit better while they they die. Yeah. Not, not, not only the character, the actor, uh, actress, actor, whatever you want to say, that plays Anya. You know, she's so limited with, and she's already amazing. You're already saying like she's the most entertaining, but she's so limited. Like, she's in a chair the whole time. This really gives her to, this really gave her the chance to see how much she can act. And she, I thought she was amazing, man. But between the two different honors, the losing her virginity in the same room as her parents, I mean, it's hysterical mm-hmm. the way she acted that out. And I just, I absolutely adored the way that she basically put everything into these two datas. This is where you can really see her acting. It was great. Mm-hmm. It's, Part of it's an story. actor's dream for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. Being able to do those kind of things. Um, and then, one last thing I'll bring up about the story itself was it is just like a great way to cap it off in, in terms of horror is saying how the one that wakes up feels the other one in hell. And then mm-hmm. the one in hell gets to feel the glimpses of like the one that's right. that's living. And it's like, who, who has it worse? It doesn't really matter. But that, that part yeah. right there is like a good sign off of like a horror short story. Hell yeah. That, that, don't even know who's who. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And literally like, I don't know who's to survived. Mm-hmm. check the track marks you can figure it out come on yeah right <laughs> yeah i love that i love and when they were like facing off at the end to shoot each other and, and she's like you you came to kill me and she's like if i came to kill you it was only because you gave me the idea and yeah. it felt like, like parody yeah she was really yeah. funny yeah. doesn't make sense um, <laughs> and it's also like that it was the beeper thing is so stupid later in the story when you know she's ignoring you anyway you could just literally talk to her you scream at her in your head like why beep yeah. her if she's ignoring you anyway but whatever yeah mm-hmm. i mean stabbing herself um incredible Jeez, such yeah. a really cool way to just you know send the 911 beeper in a different way because obviously she was getting blocked out i mean it was felt like really- looper if you've ever yeah. Seen that. yeah 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 just a really really good story in general um and mm-hmm. then when she Sells it. I already said Sandra's like, thank you. And she's like, want to hear something else? Fuck off. Yeah. Um, and Just want to jump back to the very beginning when she starts telling the story. They do the cheers again. They, they say the mm-hmm. line and they all drink the tea. The now. Meal. It's yeah. all the tea. Uh, Anya doesn't say it. She doesn't mm. say the, the line. And she, she spits, spits the it tea out. Back out. She spits it out. Yeah. So I'm like, is is that an actual ritual that they have to do? To, to I didn't realize she didn't say it, but I obviously saw that she spit it out. So that's yeah. interesting. They showed her face. I wrote that either yeah. that. And she's not doing. Oh anything. well, she yeah, it's blatant. She spits it out, but it's probably yeah. and it's probably blatant. She doesn't say it, but I didn't. Yeah. I didn't catch it. I mean, I definitely feel like it has to do something with the cult there because Kevin was like, you know, they called it the Midnight Club before I even got here, and and we yeah. had to do this every time. So and they always have a drink like on you went down with the mug in a wheelchair because they always drink right um, whether it's water or tea or wine they said it's they always have to drink something mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. cheers so that process definitely seems like it's part of the ritual ritualistic yeah yes. i mean 100 percent. whatever's going on so she could be the inside man that's that supports kathleen's potential theory there because i wrote that down too paul it was very i was just fixated on the idea that she didn't do it but i couldn't remember if she said the words in the first one first club meeting yeah i would believe, have to go back uh, yeah yeah okay all right cool so this is really our last scene alanka sneaks out and kevin follows her this is they're gonna kiss 
Can't oh, yeah. wait. 100%. Sign seals all over. They're going to kiss. But mm-hmm. so funny. He catches her just trying to sneak in. It's like, did she not even try to turn the <laughs> yeah, door? Yeah, right. What's right. going on here? Like, how is she even trying to see if it worked? Turn the door now, girl. Yeah. But anyway, um, again, Luke, I was going to make a big stink out of saying that Stanton left it unlocked on purpose. She's this is like a, a very intentional thing because um, you don't just like act sketchy as fuck and then leave your door unlocked. Right. Um, but then so they she grabs JJ's folder and then she gets transferred like transported back in time into this old thing. And Paul, this reminded me of Vampire Academy so much. Don't touch the painting. Don't touch the <laughs> fucking painting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Me and Luke don't know what you're talking about. Twice in one week. Don't touch a fucking painting. But um, there's bugs, which I know Luke hated coming out of this painting. Spiders, man. And the scary old lady starving. What's up with everybody's eyeballs? Starving. It seemed like that seemed to be the old lady that we constantly got in the flashbacks, that one in particular. So it seems like she will obviously be Mm -hmm. super important to whatever. It's not just a bunch of ghosts. This bitch particular. (laughs) This bitch is hungry. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody get any. I any sketchy flags from Kevin being there like that. Was it just like her ass? Did we buy the whole I didn't want to be creepy after it was too yeah. much time has passed? I no. think the I think I took it as literally like, yo, I just followed you because I got a crush on you and I'm just trying to like suave tell this story to get me out of it. And obviously it's creepy. So I'm just trying to make you laugh a little bit so you don't think I'm creepy. Like, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's more like the nerd got caught kind of thing, you know, like gotcha. I'm, I'm with you, though, Luke. I think there's something a little off that. Yeah, Luke, it- somebody's a sketch bag. QB one is a Kev bot. It's somebody. All right. But like. Kevin has a line where I, th- I think it's like Alonka gets the file out and is like Julia Jane and he like kind of smirks and then he kind of like <coughs> looks at it really seriously or something like that. Or that was earlier on when she goes and uh, apologizes to him. She was like, I'm a little embarrassed about last night. I don't I don't want you to think I am. I'm crazy. And I have this idea that I'm going to walk out of here healed like I want to fight. So, yeah, he, he, one of those two comments, Kevin almost looks at her while she's not paying attention questionably like his eyes are furrowed so there's something there yeah now we get the i'm starving lady all up in alanka's shit on top of her screaming screaming now i thought that what was going to happen was she passed out just like she did in the other part in the, earlier in the episode episode one because it seemed like she paid like episode one at the at the party she coughs it up but then when she passes out um what is it? She passes out before she. She sees is in the old hospice, lady in the right? hallway, and yeah, she's yeah. in the hospital. She's the old yeah, lady passes yeah. out, wakes up right. in the bed. Right, exactly. So I was assuming she was going to pass out and get caught with the folder, mm-hmm. but Kevbot got back to her pretty damn quick for somebody that said to the night nurse, "Yo, can you help me out? I'm my my back hurts or something." He literally yeah. went to the night nurse, what got some meds real quick, and ran back to her. And she's screaming on the top of her lungs and the night nurse didn't hear. I don't know. But anyway, sketch episode ends. You know, the the crazy lady turns into Kev bot just being like, are you okay? Are you okay? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And she was like, what the actual fuck? Yeah, there you go, Alonka. There, there's like finally cue, a reaction to so your the crazy blind melon song and uh let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The only the only question I had about that, Jimmy, is like when she is in that sepia tone land, is it like actual uh like one for one time? 
like like you were saying right is she walking like she around was, like actually in the yeah i know what you're yeah. saying yeah because she was only like you were saying that thing was like 30 seconds 45 seconds of her and that maybe a little bit longer in the hallway you know how right. long does kevin get treated so that's my only thing when she's in those visions is she does she leave the the building i want to say no because kevin is right. like I, I was talking to you and you're screaming the whole time so right 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 yeah um before we like wrap up final thoughts final theories whatever i want to i want to take this moment to really just put everybody's guess on the board of who will be the first one to die and attempt and yeah, i, I guess try that. to go through with the pact and reach from the other side so let's just round the clock um give everybody's guess and i can start because i thought about it a little bit um i'm gonna guess that natsuki is gonna be the first one to die and Nothing to do with whoever's disease is really the worst or who's been there the longest. I'm thinking that it's going to be not so key because she already gave her story. And the only other mm. option in my head because of that would have been Anya, but she's way too important has way, too, way more going on. Right, um, so right. I'm going to put it on the board and think not so going to die first. I think that's a sound logic there, man. I think yeah. I kind of agree. Um, Tristan makes me think maybe there's more to her because but she I don't. Yeah. Like, do, was but, she in the club know. before she got too sick? I that, don't know. You know, True. maybe she was and maybe she's about to die and they're going to be waiting for her. Um, even well, like guess... by the even by the synopsis of the book, it seems like it really is a big plot point that, you know, if you die, try to contact and they're going to be looking for it. So we obviously know someone's going to die and I don't know if it's going to be like, and then there were none kind of situation where they're just going to start dying and dying, or if it's going to be one dies and they're just, and the story only takes place in that time period. But um, I think your logic is if, unless we, if we don't go with the one who's already really, really sick, um, I think you have sound logic, Luke. Me too. I double down on that. That's triple down, bro. I'm just going to say fucking say Anya just because we saw her puking like getting no really, way. really sick. So I hope Dude. not because she's like my favorite character. Um, God, I really, I really like the idea that she's been around forever. And, mm. <laughs> and yeah, damn. But I don't think, I don't think it's going to work. But um, you're saying damn because it won't work or damn because you didn't think of it. No, no. Well, both. But damn, <laughs> not, I don't think it works now that we, the doctor talked to her and, you know, because the doctor would have to be in on it because she's the main the main one who would know I'm watching the show and all I'm thinking I'm through two episodes. I'm like, where the hell is Raul Coley? Where is yeah, right? Sheriff Hassan? Dude, He's I, in it. Is, is Raul Coley in it? Oh, oh yeah, no, no, Why I didn't know that. I didn't know that. that. All right, that whatever. That makes me happy. I'm happy that he's. Gonna I don't be know there. where he would be unless he's part of like one of their stories or something. Because he's another hiker in the woods. No, he oh, could she know, like we know she has a husband. Him. She does have a husband or, or somebody she's living with because she says we. Mm-hmm. Lives like it's, a mile it's away. the freaking it's his character from my zombie he's the morgue guy down there i love that damn Dr. well like Chakrabarty. do we think the night nurse is going to be anything besides just like hey like nah. don't, don't get caught by the night nurse or nah yeah okay She's... so i'm just trying to like narrow down like the main characters here so we got qb1 the doctor and just the kids and mm-hmm. and obviously pasta 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 yeah <laughs> um, pasta. all right i mean i think and I'm kill good. mary <laughs> all right. the, only, the only other thing I want to say is Girl. now now that we talked about it, this is just a just a quick fun. Put it on the board. QB one or Kevbot, who's the who's gonna be the sketch bag? If there's if you think one of them will be. Kevbot. I don't think either are, but Kevbot. I would say Kevin's a sketch just because Mark has like another life somewhere. He's like, Yeah, my other job. So I don't think he's always 
Schultz uh, scheming he something could, up dude, there. He could be freaking lying, man. No, Kevin. Kevin is pure. He's. I he's like. I like. Good. Kevin, I brought dude, up the sketchy he, signs, but I just brought that up because of how they showed it. I don't actually believe he's going to be bad at all. Yeah. So definitely, I go. I go. QB one. Yeah. yeah. Two and two v two, man. All right. We'll find Kathleen out. went neither though, so that's fine. That's that's a that's definitely an option too. I mm-hmm. just want to say I am like through two episodes almost fully in more than like you know haunting a hill house. Like through two apps, I'm like this story yeah. is all we'll really really good. If everybody can go back and listen to our hill house coverage, but if, if I'm remembering correctly, Paul, you did say that hill house took a little bit for you, right? Mm-hmm. To, to really to get, get yeah rolling, to really yeah. you really you in. So yeah, maybe, uh, maybe after I have to see what Hill House is at the end of episode. I mean, that's two. why I'm saying like there's merit to what you're saying because if you do, you like you're saying you like these first two better than Hill House's first two, and if you said in the coverage that Hill House took a little bit to reel you in, then that makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. I I really honestly just like everything I watch for Flanagan, I'm just like it's not Hill House, man. <laughs> episode two is Cheryl's episode, which is probably my least favorite of the 10. So that makes sense that maybe after two, you needed three, which was Theo's episode. To be yeah. Like, well, yeah. 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 And yeah. I'm not going to say that I like this one better than any of the other three through two episodes yet. I don't really remember my instant thoughts through the first two episodes, but I will say that I think through two episodes, this is I like the most characters of any of the four shows right now. Like even more than Midnight Mass, which had a lot of good characters that kind of grew on me. I think the cast is the best, um, just like most entertaining characters. Like more, I'm, I'm in, I'm interested in everyone basically, except for mm-hmm. Sherry. Interested I, I in just her, just don't that, like her. Like yeah. Hill House just had like yeah. phenomenal kid actors, phenomenal mm-hmm. adult actors. I, I just want to put it on the board here, and and it's totally like it's off. I, I, I it's confirmed wrong, but. I was wondering because obviously in Midnight Mass we have the Carla Gugino Hot Mama uh, cameo as the judge for QB one. When she first the devil first talks and she's in the shadows, I was wondering uh, if that was going to be her, and then she comes out of the shadows and it's standing. But I was like, damn, I was. It means we could be- still have her at some point though, which is good. Oh, yeah, she be the yeah. Reaper with the hood still. Could oh, yeah. she could be anything? Yeah, she could be. Get anything. you a girl who could do anything. That's that's <laughs> Hot Mama. I love, I love hot mama. We ready? Take us. All right, y'all. That's the episode. Episodes one of one and two of Midnight Club. If you are full spooky season like we are, you can go back and watch with us. We covered Hill House, Bly Manor and Midnight Mass. We fucking loved it. It's really just us four. So um, we had such a blast covering those. So go listen to that. We're also covering House of the Dragon right now and Vampire Academy and Rick and Morty. So talk about get you some guys who could do both. How about get you some guys who could do fucking four shows at once? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, if you like what you heard, give Binge Town TV a follow at Instagram, Twitter, any social media you can think of. That might not be true. Jimmy's here, so he's making me nervous. I've been crushing Vampire Academy outros, and now <laughs> I can't do it because Jimmy's here. Um, we also have BingeTownTV.com. You can go check us out. Check us everything we're about. Go check us out on that. If you're feeling specifically generous, you can uh, catch us at Patreon.com slash TV. We do a lot of funky episodes on that. A lot of fun rogue episodes with all seven of us. If you didn't know, Town has seven people on it. Um, yeah, so that's Midnight Club. We'll be back with episodes three and four. And fucking we're binge down TV. And thanks for listening. Love you. Love you. Stay spooky. Hell Satan. 
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 